and we are live with another edition of the All Gas No Break Sports Show. I am one of your co-hosts, Nicholas Bavona, joined alongside by Andrew Johnson and a very special guest today, a reoccurring guest here on the All Gas No Break Sports Show. Sean Mulgan joins us today as we recap this past week's Super Bowl, a thrilling game to say the least, went into overtime, almost going into double overtime, but we now know who is the champions of the NFL world and For the second straight season, it is the Kansas City Chiefs. They become the first team since the 2003-2004 Patriots to repeat as Super Bowl champions. Well, I'd like to go on the record and say I won $800 on this game, but I'm not happy. (laughs) (laughs) You're kind of like... It cost me $155 to get that $800, and I'm not happy about it. So Uh, So you would say this is the worst $800 you've won in your entire life? Uh, yeah, probably, because I've never been upset to win $800 before. So there is a first for everything. It's it's kind of like an oxymoron, isn't it? It's kind of it's like a monkey paw. I wish I could win $800 well. Ugh. Hey, you could be worse. You could be a guy. I saw, um, I saw something on, online where a guy in Michigan lost $1.3 million on the game itself. Uh, that's horrendous, because not only did he probably bet on the Niners, he had to... The Chiefs. I'll tell, I know exactly. He should, hedged, 100%. he should have. He should have hedged his happiness. Like me. I'll tell you exactly what he did. So he bet a million on the Niners. I think is what he did. He bet twenty five k on the coin toss, and the rest of it Ooh. was on Brock Purdy MVP. Ouch. Oh well. So Ouch. yeah, that guy in Michigan was definitely not a happy camper. Well, you uh, know, the, people, the people in Michigan are not the brightest. That is coming from a person that has hated Michigan his entire life. So keep that in mind. Yes, and and the funny thing is, I have no reason to hate Michigan. Well, kind well, you of. Were, you, you were you really. were Ohio State. Fan I did support point, Ohio so. State for a while, but the original teams I support. It's kind of like my hate for the University of Texas. The teams that I really support have no standing or dormant rivalries with Michigan. Right. It just makes no sense. I just don't like them. Although they do happen to be a key feeder factory to the New York Giants for wide receivers. That is also true. That is very true. And as we all know, we have a lot of offseason news in the next couple of weeks with the free agency coming up in about, I would say, around 29 days, 30 days. So pretty much a month from now is when free agency kicks off in the NFL. We'll talk about that a little bit later on the show as well, as we know the NFL draft is also coming up as well. But Let's talk about this game, guys. Um, A slow start for both offenses in the first half. Obviously, we saw the Niners on their first possession going down the field, looking like they were going to put points on the board. Christian McCaffrey fumbles, leads to no points being scored on that drive. We saw a couple of turnovers forced in the first half by both teams. The Niners would get the scoring going first with the uh, Jawan Jennings passing touchdown to Christian McCaffrey. So the Niners getting a little bit tricky in the first half. They actually had a 10-point lead at one point again on the Chiefs. As you remember, the last time these two teams met, they had a 10-point lead in that game against the Chiefs, but unfortunately they lost in that one. Had a 10-point lead. It was trimmed down to seven after we saw two record-breaking field goals in this game. First, Jake Moody hit a 55-yard field goal, which at that time was the Super Bowl record for longest field goal in a game. But that was broken by Harrison Bucker, who before the half, hit a 56-yard field goal or 57-yard. I'm not sure the exact um, total of yards, but that is now the new Super Bowl record for uh, longest field goal in a Super Bowl game. So congratulations to Harrison Bucker. He put up a pretty good showing in this game with a couple of field goals to keep the Chiefs alive in this one. 
they would get their first touchdown in the third quarter after the Niners muffed the punt, and they would take advantage on a Marquez uh, Valdez-Scanling touchdown reception. They went into the fourth quarter with a 13-10 lead. Niners would respond in that fourth quarter. Jawan Jennings got a touchdown to give them the lead. But as we all know, you get Patrick Mahomes anytime. He has a chance to give the, get his team back into the game. As we know, the Chiefs were down three just before the end of regulation. They got down the field, kicked the game winning field goal, could have had an opportunity to win the game in regulation, but they were not able to get a touchdown. They forced the game to go to overtime. And that's where all the pretty much craziness happened in this game for, for the for a good portion at the end of it. We saw the Niners get the ball to start off. As we all know, this was the first game in the new era of the new overtime rule. So we had not seen an overtime game since the rule was implemented after that Bills and Chiefs game from a couple years ago. The Niners would start off on offense. They would go down the field and they would kick a field goal. So this gave the Chiefs an opportunity. If they went down the field, all they had to do was score a touchdown. They win the championship. If they kick the field goal, then it becomes sudden death at the end of the day. Chiefs go down the field. They get a game-winning walk-off touchdown to meet Cole Hardman. And as I mentioned now, for the second straight season, the Chiefs are the Super Bowl champions, winning this one 25-22. They win their second in a row. Now becoming the first team, as I mentioned, since the Patriots to repeat as champions. And now they'll go into next season looking to become the first NFL team in history to win three straight Super Bowls. Now, one thing I do want to talk about before we kind of head into this. You mentioned that it's a new era of football, and here's a stat for you. I'm not sure if you know this, Nick. In the history of the Super Bowl, so there's been 58 Super Bowls, correct? There is now 58 mm-hmm. Super Bowls completed. Yes, 58 All Super right. Bowls. In the first 50 Super Bowls, a 10-point lead was blown three times. And, but, and this is going to sound crazy, but Kyle Sh- Shanahan has blown that 10-point lead as a play caller in the Super Bowl three times in the last eight years. Yep. Do you think this well, is a so. new era? Do you think this is a new era of football, or do you think that he needs to relinquish play calling? Mm. I'll show, I'll defer to Sean first, and then uh, I'll answer after. I, I've I've never really been a fan of a head coach calling plays, be it offensive or defensive. I always kind of feel that the head coach's objective is to be the head coach and let his coordinators do what the coordinators were hired to do. So it's kind of tough to say because, you know, you're not on the sideline. You really don't know what's going on, but, but all everything, yeah, everything seems to point to Kyle Shanahan called the plays and, you know, and then you hear these things coming out and, and this is more of a knock on Kyle Shanahan. If it's true, players saying that he never even briefed them on what the new overtime rules were, where Andy Reid has been going over this time after time. This is what the new rules are. You got to pay it th- this kind of stuff. So hearing that, it's uh, you don't, almost don't know who to believe, but seeing the way everything unfolded, if he didn't tell his guys what the deal was, I mean, it's kind of twofold. Because, yeah, he blew the lead again. But you're not prepping your guys, telling them this is what overtime is, and like that. And then third... You're just playing safe. You, you you weren't really playing in that overtime to stop the Chiefs. You were playing to, I'm just going to let the clock run out and hopefully we win. I'm glad so. you brought that up. Because that's you kind of took the words right out of my mouth. Uh, 
we've said this plenty of times before. There are a few sports that you cannot park yourself in. Uh, hockey is a sport where you can kind of park, you know, just kind of bleed time. Uh, yeah. Basketball is another sport like that where you can kind Soccer. of uh, kind of bleed time. Football, mm-hmm. baseball, two sports that you cannot bleed time. No. The other team is no. going to have the same amount of time to score, if not more, if you decide to bleed clock, if you don't do it successfully. And he thought 10-point lead was good enough against the uh, one, formerly one of the best offenses in the NFL. Uh, Patrick Mahomes did not have a good year, but that seemed not matter, uh, especially in that second half, too, when he seemed to come alive. That first half was pretty much all 100%. Niners defense, and then Travis Kelsey came alive. I'll be real with you. I think Travis Kelsey does, was more deserving an MVP than Patrick Mahomes. Yes, I realize yeah, I he had no he had no touchdown in that game, but the Chiefs did not win that game without Travis Kelsey having that uh, her- heroic second half. Yeah, I can agree with that. That's that. that there's you didn't say anything wrong. Um, it it, it kind of to piggyback off of piggybacking off of me. I heard a caller the other day say that we were uh, on uh, Evan and Tiki. We were robbed of one of the greatest Super Bowl moments of all time. If they scored a touchdown and thought that they had won the game, you potentially could have seen the San Francisco 49ers celebrate a Super Bowl that they didn't even win. That would have been hilarious. Right. I think the issue for me was the with the play call when it came down to it in the fourth, in the fourth and even in overtime. They – they kind of like steered away from the running game. And on that overtime drive, they finally went back to it after, you know, there was a third down play with Purdy threw the ball, got tipped at the line. It was incomplete. They got a holding call out of it. So they got, they got bailed out on that play. And then they ran the ball for pretty much the rest of the drive up until that third down play in which they went pretty much four, four wide with Kittle blocking as the tight end. And they had no protection for Purdy in the backfield. So he was pretty much in shotgun with no one to protect him there. And the the Chiefs go all out blitz. He has to throw a quick pass, and if he has time and protection, he has Brandon Ayuk in the end zone for a touchdown. Which we could have seen that moment that you were mentioning. And who knows what happens to the rest of the drive for the Chiefs? Obviously, they had to go for it on their possession where it was fourth to one. Mahomes had to scramble to get the mm-hmm. first down to keep the game going. But there was just a lot of missed opportunities for the Niners late in this game, which seemed as if why they should have won. It's not as if. They didn't play it. It's not like where the first Super Bowl these two teams played, where they had that 10-point lead with four minutes left. They had this 10-point lead in the second quarter. So there was still a lot of time for the the Niners to make a comeback and – excuse me, the Chiefs to make this comeback and win this game. But it just seems as if the Niners couldn't capitalize on some of these other opportunities that they had in this game. And that's where it really much fell for them and they couldn't hold on to win this game. And now – they go into another offseason where you're looking at it as what can they possibly do now to win a championship? They made all these moves to get these these guys, guys like Chase Young, who they acquired this year. Obviously, a couple of years back, they got Christian McCaffrey. We saw how his impact was in this scheme. Now you have to go into an offseason where you're looking at your team and saying, what more possibly can you do to get this team a championship? You've gotten all the pieces. You have built the team to win right now, but your window is going to start closing sooner rather than later because you're going to lose some of these players to free agency just because of your cap space situation. I think it's closing already. It's not completely closed, but it's definitely closing. I think the only the only reason they have a good opportunity is because I think what everyone said, it's not even that. I think the only reason why they have a good opportunity is look at the NFC. Is there really 
a team right now in the NFC that you say, you know what, that's that. It's maybe Detroit. Detroit's probably the best. Uh, yeah, I think option, Detroit's I the guess. closest team. But it's not really much saying anything. This is also football, though. Yeah, I, these teams I, come I, out of nowhere. Teams, you, we could right, we could see absolutely. the new look Chicago Bears next season beat yeah, absolute world leaders. Yeah, you never know. It, uh, yeah. There's a whole offseason we have to get to to see what these teams can be next year because that's how what happened with the Lions this past offseason. They went into it with a winning record, didn't make the playoffs. They made all these moves in the offseason, and they were a couple minutes away from going to the Super Bowl for the first time ever. And who knows what happens, but yeah, the Niners, huh. they, they have a really – Interesting offseason coming up because who knows if Trent Williams stays. He might retire after this game. I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. But, yeah, I mean, it's just another it's another crushing defeat for them because they've been in all these opportunities the past couple of years, a bunch of NFC Championship games, two Super Bowls now, and they have not been able to get it done. I, I think that maybe the bigger takeaway out of this, and I'm not sure that it's really a hot take at this point, but – um, I, I kind of feel, and it's something that we're seeing before our own eyes, is Patrick Mahomes coming Tom Brady or Peyton Manning or Joe Montana or John Elway, whoever you want to name. It's you can't give this guy the ball with time to go needing a touchdown because the kid's almost automatic at this point. Well, it's, it's, it's even, especially in overtime, you can't put him in a situation where a touchdown wins the game. You have to go down the field and try to score a touchdown. Absolutely. If I mean, you don't score pro- or you get a field goal, then you give Mahomes an easy opportunity to go down. 100%. This is probably Mahomes' best game probably the last, oh God, probably two months ago. But yeah, this listen, is uh, – yeah. You, you, you just got to be on when it counts. Yeah. That's all that matters at the end of the day. Yeah, listen, and like, he had a good game, but it wasn't like he had this amazing game. Yeah. I um, think – it, it was all came down. It was a tale of two halves for him. The first yeah. half he was absolute garbage, and the second half he was good, which turns out to be an okay, good game. So, yeah, absolutely. and I've been saying, but I remember Johnson. I said earlier in the year, I said the reason why the Chiefs will have an opportunity is their defense. This is probably the best defense they've had in this entire tenure with Mahomes. Oh yeah, and you have to say the defense carried they, him. They game. played phenomenal, and they did a great job. I mean, they did. They held Brandon Ayuk to three catches. Debo had three catches. The guy that led the team in receiving was Christian McCaffrey with eight catches for 80 yards. So the Niners, they they couldn't throw the ball down the field. They had no opportunity. They, I, and I mentioned this pregame. I said, I, I guarantee you Purdy will be checking down a lot most of the time because, yeah. one, the protection might not be as great for him in this game against a, a, a Chiefs you know, pass rush has been better throughout the entire season. And their secondary is one of the best in the game. McDuffie's been great. Sneed's been great. They have Justin Reed at safety, who's been really good for them as well. They have mm-hmm. a really good defense overall, especially with Chris Jones. This is a really good defense. defense. So can you remember the last time a team had the most points scored in a playoff run was 24 points or more? It was more than 24 points, excuse me. Can you remember that? Where so they, a team, so let's say it was... They scored 24? Yeah, where they had to go... So, like, for example, Kansas City, the... Greatest scoring effort they got all postseason was against the Buffalo Bills, who put up 24 points against them. Right. Mm-hmm. When you think of years past, you think of the Kansas City Chiefs last year, you know, 35 points in the Super Bowl alone. You think of the Rams during the Super Bowl. You think of the Buccaneers. Um, all these teams have had faced a really high scoring offense. When's the last time you saw a defense just kind of 
carry a team like this. The Baltimore Ravens. 2000. Did 2000 we Baltimore did, Ravens? We could say our, our, the 07 mm-hmm. Giants, too, Sean. You could say the 07 Giants. because 07, 07 listen, Giants is another one. It's a good segue from what Steve Spagnuolo has done, because now he becomes, I think, the first coordinator to win four Super Bowls yes. in yes. Super Bowl history. And, and he, I think, well-deserving of potentially being a head coach next 2011, season. 2011 uh, Giants Maybe as well. Maybe not next season, but two, two years from now. Most points scored in that playoff run, 20 points against them by the Packers. Right. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they say it all the time, Johnson. You and I both know this. This even goes for basketball, too. Defense wins championships. Of it's been proven the last couple of last couple times. Obviously, last year wasn't the same case in the Super Bowl with that 30-35 final. But when you need your defense to step up and make a big play, that happens. Look at the first drive of the game. The, the Niners could have set the tone of this game if they went down the field and scored. And... The, you know, the Chiefs, to their credit, forced that fumble on McCaffrey, a rare fumble from McCaffrey that really changed the momentum there on, therefore. If a Super Bowl comes up like this, and it has in the past, I'm taking the number one defense over the number one offense every day of the week. Yeah. And that's what the Chiefs, remember, and that the Chiefs had to play the number one defense at one point in this postseason. Yeah. They played the, the Ravens. That yeah. was the best defense they faced all, you know, in the entire NFL. Yeah. Also, and, their lowest scoring output too, and and they were able to win. And again, they had a great first half offensively. The defense was the reason why they won the game in the second half. And you know, it's actually I don't want to say it's kind of funny too. You could point to so many different plays for all these different games that the Chiefs played, where that could have ended the Chiefs season. The Buffalo Bills fumbling in the end zone. Um, mm-hmm. The Baltimore Ravens deciding not to run the ball. Same thing with the Niners, deciding not to run the ball or even getting the uh, the turnover early, early on. I, I felt like the Niners early on left at least 14 points on the board in that first half. Yeah. They left 14 yeah. points on, on, on the board right there. And keep in mind also yeah, that blocked extra point in the fourth quarter was a big thing. So this That's is my, uh, this is my hot take on this. Game. I think if he actually made that uh, extra point, the Chiefs would have won for it and they would have gotten that touchdown. So I think it, all it did was kind yeah. of delay the inevitable. Yeah. But I think probably miss, missing that extra point, I think it would it gave them a new lease on life. Uh, not in the way they expected it, but they would have had to go for it. They would have gotten at least two more plays off. And Absolutely. you don't think there's going to be a, be a flag, or you don't think you know Travis Kelsey or any of these other guys can get open that close no. to the goal line? I don't yeah. think so. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's something. It's something to me w- watching the the way the whole game unfolded from start to finish. It's something that that Bill Parcells has said: great players make great plays at the right moments, and 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 that's how that goes. Right. Yeah, Mahomes. I mean, I mentioned the fourth down scramble to keep the game going. He had a bunch of times where he scrambled in this game. He had nine carries for sixty six yards. That led the team in rushing. Um, he made good throws from those part of the game. Only had that one interception. And yeah, I mean, when you're that good of a player, you know when to make your right reads and not force anything. And Mahomes did that this entire postseason. He did not force any passes this entire run. And they get a second straight Super Bowl ring out of it. Now they're third in five years and a potential opportunity to become the first team to get a three-peat in the NFL. Now, remember... Before anyone ever says he is better than Tom Brady, I don't care if we have this discussion ten years from now. He could have, he could, he can have seven rings. I'm just gonna have. There's one stat which will always remain eternal: his first 
regular season loss, his first postseason loss, his first Super Bowl loss, all the time. Tom Brady. Brady. Yep. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. All the time Absolutely. Brady. That's true. Absolutely. Um, but but I I think in saying with the whole three peat thing in my life, the only team that I've ever stared down a barrel at and said that I think that they could win this third Super Bowl was that San Francisco 49ers team, the Giants beat in 90 or 91, whatever it was. That to me was the best, the best team going into a three peat. All the other teams, yeah, the Cowboys were nice, the Broncos were nice. Yep, yeah, right. This after that San Francisco 49ers team, this is probably the best chance you'll see at a team winning a three-peat. And given I, the state of the NFC, I, I don't see how they won't pull it off. See, I'm going to disagree. I don't think they're early favorites for next year. Right now, the Niners are the early favorite for the Super Bowl again next year. Yeah, that's, that's, I'm not, I don't believe that I'm, either. I'm, I'm not saying they're favorites. I just, as a, in terms of the whole three-peat thing, of all of the teams that were staring down the barrel of the three-peat, I'd have to say that this, to me, is the best chance of all those teams. Now, the year that the Patriots didn't get the three-peat, that, was that the year? I'm trying to think. That was 2005. So, what, what was that? The, that, wasn't, believe, that wasn't Peyton, right? What was the year before that? Peyton was 06. Peyton was 06. The year before that, that was uh, at... Was it Aaron Rodgers? I think that was this. Was that the Steelers? No. Oh no, that was yes. That was uh, Jerome Bettis's last game in Detroit. Okay. It was. It was the Steelers, right? Yeah, the yeah. Steelers and the Steelers. Yeah, okay. Right. Yeah, okay. Heinz Ward won the MVP, right? Yes. Yes, yes. he did. Yes. Okay. So yes, he did. That was painful in itself to watch. I think the only way it doesn't happen is it's going to have to come from an AFC team to beat them, in my opinion. Maybe yeah, I, the Lions give them the best bet in the NFC. You maybe it could be the Niners again. I just I don't know. I feel like that that I mean I, I, I haven't been the I biggest Brock Purdy you know fan, but I don't, I don't know if you really, really gonna come with them. I don't really see another team in the AFC. I mean I mean the Bills are a nice team, but Bills, the, the, they, I, I they mean they they, the they choke whether they're whether they're the favorites or the underdogs, like your uncle always talks about. They seem to choke. It doesn't matter. Uh, Baltimore, I, I think they've shot their load. I, I don't see them going going the distance. Um, and then after that, it's basically a crapshoot. I think yeah, the best option after that is maybe uh, Cincinnati. Maybe, but the Bengals might be losing players in the offseason, so who knows? But I, I mean, it's it doesn't look very pretty outside of. Obvious, and and I hate to say it, but it doesn't really look pretty outside of Kansas City. I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, there are some teams that, like I said, that have pieces in one spot or the other, but I, I just don't see it. Yeah, I think they have a really good chance next season of potentially pulling this off. Because I'm trying to think if someone can remind me, when was the last time we had a three P? Was it the it was it the Bulls? It just in, in general sport? sport. It just in, in general sports. Is that the last three peats? Uh, no, there's been three peats after that. Um, because the Yankees, the Yankees, the Yankees. The Yankees. No, they didn't. They didn't three peats. They won yeah, ninety six. Oh yeah, 2000. So that might be the last one, man. I think that's the last three peat that we've the had. Golden, did Golden State three peat? They didn't, right? I don't no. think they did. 
I don't no, believe they're, so. They were, bro- they were broken up by Cleveland. Cleveland the Spurs mm-hmm. never did. Um, I'm trying to think of the last three P we've had. It might sports. be. I I, it I think it's Yankees. the Yankees. It might be the Yankees. The last three P we had in the NBA was the 2000. Oh, so no, I think it might be the Lakers. Because they want from oh, the early Lakers. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I, yeah I forgot about that. The Kobe yeah. Shaq Lakers, yeah. yeah I forgot I just, about oh, them. I think that's the last time we've had a three peat. I don't think we've ever had that in college basketball, right, Johnson? Has that no, ever happened? That's definitely. I, mean, I, I, I can think, I think of UCLA. I think UCLA probably did it with Wooden, but that was about it. Yeah, no, I don't think um, in any of the uh, in the modern era. We haven't no, had any college. I'm looking at it right no, now. College, we haven't right had now. any since the 1940s. Uh, yeah, co- the last college basketball three P was wow, seven straight national championships. Fused. That's absurd. <laughs> That's absurd. How'd you win seven in a row? Wow. Um, I mean, it was the Mickey Mouse era. Hey, John. Also, the NCAA, also the NCAA wasn't a premier tournament back in the 60s. Don't let them. Don't let them tell hey, listen, the I'm, N- I'm giving it you was the a, NIT up until 1979. I'm giving you a pre-warmer, Johnson, because we do have March Madness coming up very soon. So we do. We're almost we're almost there to that point. So yeah, the last three P we've had in regu- in uh, all four major sports was 2000 to 2002 Los Angeles Lakers. So it has been a while. The last time I, it happened I mean, in the it, NFL was pre-Super Bowl. So I was about to say, yeah, the the. Both by the Green Bay Packers in the twenties, right. and then and then that team in the in the sixties. But again, those those don't count. Right. So this would be the first time in Super Bowl era if it were to happen. If the Chiefs can get it done next season. And and here's an interesting take that I'll take out of this. I, I don't think it'll happen because I think at the end of next year he'll get hired before it's even a chance of it happening. But. If Kansas City wins a third Super Bowl and Andy Reid retires, Kansas City would be the perfect place for Bill Belichick. Uh, I would like I would like my nightmares not to come. <laughs> yeah, you just I, I, I'm aware of that, but just think of think of the roster. He's got a quarterback. Yeah. They're coming off a Super Bowl win. They're a ready made team. And and they're a good team. Johnson would be it's a perfect Listen, it's a perfect spot, but it's I know it's not gonna happen. Listen, I said when Brady got one, I was happy for him. When he if when he was getting close to him, like all right, if he gets to him, be kind of pissed off. Uh, yeah, let's let's not talk about not that. We also, talk about Tra- we also talk about Travis Kelsey potentially retiring this offseason. I don't think. No, I don't think. No, no, he's not retiring this. He already said he, had, he, he had that big. He had that big. Listen, he had that big half speak speech in the locker room before the game. We got really emotional. Maybe he, he it's already either, said he's going to play for the three peat, though. He already said it. He's going to play for the three peat. He I said mean, it. He said it in the post game. He said it literally on okay. the on the stage. He said. I, he said I mean, my whole thing is, and and this comes from, uh, you know, listen to guys like Tiki Barber and Michael Strahan and Peyton Manning and these guys. Obviously, when you get a little longer in the tooth, at the end of the season, yeah, it's all fine and dandy to say, hey, I'm retiring. I don't want to do this no more. This is ridiculous. But as it starts to get closer to the summer and the spring. And you, you've obviously had X number of months off and you've healed up and you're not, you know, you're not coming off the grind. You kind of view things a little differently. So e- even the whole Jason Kelsey thing, oh, I'm going to retire after the season. I believe it when I see it because once those well, competitive never, juices go. He, ne- he, he never, never said that. Yeah, reporters have said it. No, I mean, reporters have said it, but 
you can think it at the end of your last game of the season. You can obviously think, especially if it's a loss. Ah, screw this. I'm out. I'm not doing this no more. It's a pain in the butt. This is, I need some time with my family. But once you've had that time with your family and you've healed up, you kind of view things a little bit differently. And, you know, once, once those, the draft hits and free agency hits, those juices start flowing again. You're ready to go again, you know? So I don't know. Well, nonetheless, it's another championship for the Chiefs. They'll go look to three P next year. As I mentioned, they'll be the first time in Super Bowl history. That would be done. Uh, Patrick Mahomes in this game won, won his third Super Bowl MVP. So he's up there now with the good, you know, elite status of, you know, all time greats in the NFL. So another, you know, great job by him for this run. But we would be remiss if we didn't talk about some of the other stuff that's going on in the NFL. Obviously, now with the Super Bowl being over now. There are 31 teams now trying to, you know, beat the Chiefs and make sure that they don't get this three-peat. And we've seen now some new teams getting, you know, we've seen now the final vacancies being filled up for head coaching opportunities. As we mentioned, we've had a couple have already been filled. There were two teams left that hadn't filled their head coaching opportunity, and that was the Seattle Seahawks and the Washington Commanders. As of these past two weeks, we have now seen those two vacancies being filled. The first one being the Seattle Seahawks hiring Ravens defensive coordinator Mike McDonald. So McDonald now replaces Pete Carroll in Seattle. He will be the new head coach of the Seahawks. Maybe he can fix that defense because that was a huge reason why they did not make the playoffs last season. And mostly the, a big reason why Pete Carroll didn't get to finish out his tenure with the Seahawks. So they're hoping that he could do something that he did with Baltimore in which he got the Ravens to the number one defense in the NFL. Now can he help this team? Get back to maybe the old days of the Legion of Boom. Who knows with Seattle? But the other head coaching news was Dan Quinn, the defensive coordinator of the Dallas Cowboys, going to stay in the NFC East as he's now the new head coach of the Washington Commanders. So Dan Quinn gets his first opportunity to be a head coach since that Atlanta Falcons run and obviously did get them to a Super Bowl. Johnson and everyone here knows what happened in that Super Bowl. We <laughs> alluded to that a little bit earlier on in the show with Kyle that Shanahan. That was the greatest Super Bowl of all time, and no one can ever take that away from me. Um, I was sitting there in your living nope, room it was you talking like a madman, saying, you know what? They can do this if they just get two touchdowns. And Nick's like, yeah, sure. And then it actually happened. I, I, It still boggles my mind how that game went. I believed in it. I also um, did. I believed in it. That's the one second I had any doubt. So I'll say about Dan Quinn, I'm just really surprised that he didn't get hired by Seattle with his with with the history that he had. I'm very surprised about that. I'm also really surprised, not so much about Belichick not getting a job, but I'm very surprised that Mike Vrabel didn't get a job or at least a assistant head coach, defensive coordinator job. It's very stunned that he's still out there as a free agent. It seems as if Brable and Belichick are probably going to have to just wait out a season and then come back next year, like and, like how Mike McCarthy did a couple years back. And personally, I think that that's a smart move because so, you go to a team like you go to a team like Washington. That's a disaster. I mean, that could be that could be it could be a blemish on your record, and you know. If you you screw up twice, you very rarely get a third job. Right. So you know it's it's for a guy like Vrabel, 
it's it's kind of a blessing in disguise. Bill is kind of a different animal. He's going to get a third job. Um, so it, it, I really don't count Bill with the third job thing only because he's a legend. Uh, but I think it, it could be it could work out in Vrabel's favor. Yeah. I so I don't know. I'm curious to see what happens with them. But uh, before can I you see them going to college, even him. No, mm. I can't. Can you see Bill Belichick no. become the head coach of Navy? I, would, I no. God, no. I would see no. more Vrabel, but there's no head coaching opportunities at this point for the college. I, I don't think it's. I don't think it's worth it for either of them because they're going to be at the top of the coaching list next year. Right. You know. So and 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 Vrabel, uh, Be- uh, rather Belichick, different than Vrabel is essentially going to have his pick of where he wants to go. And so we all know he's going know, to want a team that is pretty much in a win now scenario. I, he the, the thing, the thing I keep hearing is if, if, and I hope this doesn't happen, at least with the giants could happen with the jets, but if things go South with either of the New York teams here, would Johnson would it be an interesting spot for Belichick to come to? I don't see it. Uh, he will never coach Jets. for the Jets. I can't see him with the Jets. I can see him more with the Giants. I can't see him with the Jets either. I can't see but him with the Jets because it, you have so much concern about Aaron Rodgers. You don't, you don't know what he's going to do next season. No, I agree. But my thing is, it begs the question, and I, I don't think the Jets are going to be much better than they were this year. To be honest with you, um, yeah, Aaron Rodgers may add them a couple more wins. I don't see them challenging the Chiefs for the Super Bowl with Aaron with just Aaron Rodgers. It's not happening. So, I mean, it's possible that you're sitting here next year as, as a Jet fan. You're in the same exact spot. And, you know, Salah has to be gone. This has to be his last shot next year. Yeah, most likely. At least with the Jets. At least with the Jets. I would um, say he probably gets, if, he, if it's another sour season, the only hope for him is that he make the playoffs. But if it's another bad year, he probably gets hired as a defensive guy. Someone will I hire think so, yeah. that, I think so. That's what he's, he's a really good defensive coach, but head coaching wise, he would have to, it would kind of be like Dan Quinn where like, you know, you got your first head coaching job, obviously it didn't really go well. So, you know, right. you went to another team, you coached the defense for a lot, a while and look now, lo and behold, you're now uh, in your second opportunity as a head coach. See, Spagnuolo is probably going to be in the same boat next year, in my opinion, because I think, he should be up for a head coaching opportunity. The way he, you know, the way he's revitalized this Chiefs yeah. defense the last couple of seasons. He didn't really yeah. get a fair shot in St. Louis when they were when you know he got hired after coaching the Giants this Super Bowl. So I think no, he didn't get a fair shot, but he he also didn't he didn't perform well. I mean, he he he. Yeah, but you look at the team on paper. Performed. They, I mean, they never really put a team around him. I mean, they didn't, but uh, he still grossly underperformed as a head coach. And and these are things again that you learn, um, you, you know, he uh, he at least had the opportunity to go backwards and and come back to Tom Coughlin or whoever was the coach at the time of the Giants. I don't remember who rehired him, but he was able to come back and reset himself as a coordinator. Right. And you know, you kind of take those lessons and do whatever. Hey, we even are hearing grumblings that Rex Ryan is potentially thinking about coming back into coaching. Uh, he's never going to be a head coach right out of the gate right no, now. He's going to have to be, he's going to have to be a coordinator first, but you know, he's another one who, who's, you know, they keep grumblings, keep going on about him. Well, 
coming out of retirement. I mean, look who the Cowboys just hired to become the new defensive coordinator to replace Dan Quinn. They hired Mike Zimmer, who obviously was the former Minnesota Viking uh, head coach, took yeah. a year off, didn't do anything pretty much last season, and now he's back into a defensive coordinator role with the Cowboys. And obviously age is going to be an issue where if he was to get another head coaching opportunity, he would be in a seventh. I don't, so I don't, I don't see know. him getting I don't, I don't see him getting into the head coaching spot. Um I, I know he's back there because he has ties with Dallas. Right. He he was he was an assistant, maybe even a defensive coordinator, I don't remember. But I know he was at least an assistant coach during the during those Super Bowl years. So I mean it's he's got history with the Cowboys. So we'll see what happens when it comes to that. But Obviously, the Super Bowl week, we also had the NFL honors going on this weekend. Um, we had, obviously, luscious awards going out to, to specific players. We also found out the new Hall of Fame class for this upcoming season. Uh, we'll do a quick recap of who won each award. Um, we saw Lamar Jackson winning his second MVP. So, Lamar, great year. I had a very up-and-down year, but a very good second half got him this MVP trophy. His second of his of his career, as I mentioned, we saw Miles Garrett take home the Defensive Player of the Year. C.J. Stroud took Offensive Rookie of the Year. Defensive Rookie of the Year went to Will Anderson. So the Texans gained the two Rookies of the Year. They just like the New York Jets the previous season get the Offensive and Rookie, uh, Offensive and Defensive Rookie of the Year. So Texans mm-hmm. have some bright spots going for them the next couple seasons. Coach of the year was Kevin Stefanski, not Steven Stefanski. If anyone saw the NFL Honor Award, they said Steven Stefanski. Uh, so Kevin Stefanski with the Browns, great job by him. Obviously, all the injuries they had going on in the season were on a pretty much a fourth-string quarterback, and they got to the postseason. And that fourth-string quarterback did get the comeback player of the year. Joe Flacco wins comeback player of the year. So well deserved. A very good job from him. Was able to win this award, get the Browns to a playoff spot despite all the injuries, as I mentioned before. And the assistant coach of the year was Jim Schwartz. So very solid night for both Cleveland and Houston. And obviously Lamar mm-hmm. Jackson gets his MVP award. Christian McCaffrey won offensive player of the year as well. So a very good night at the NFL Honors Awards for all of these players. But we would be remiss of not mentioning who also made the Hall of Fame class for 2024. I, I do just want to say one thing, though. Uh, in this in this whole thing of quarterbacks, it's real interesting to see a running back win the NFL MVP. No comment. Not gonna comment. <laughs> I am uh, no comments. Yeah, I'm just gonna leave it at that. Um, but being that as may, we did have seven new members of this year's class 2024. Steve McMichael, happy to see him there as a wrestling fan. We all know what Mongo did for WCW in the in the late nineties. So, congrats to him. Uh, Randy Gradishar, I hope I said that right, is also making it. They're both of the senior class for the for the, uh, the Hall of Fame. And then the five members that are now elected are also Patrick Willis, Julius Peppers, Andre Johnson, Devin Hester, and our boy John, uh, Sean Sir, uh, Syracuse legend Dwight Freeney. They are yeah. all the new members of the twenty twenty four. Pro Football Hall of Fame class of, of, as I mentioned, 2024. I'm not fully excited because I do think that Tiki Barber got snubbed. I got snubbed once again. I I, I know you're going to say this to him too, Johnson. I know you're going to say. 
it's an absolute crime that Andre Johnson made the Hall of Fame, but well, Reggie Wayne it, didn't. But Reggie, but Reggie Wayne deserves. To You're Reggie gonna sit Wayne here and tell yeah. me he's not better. You're gonna sit it. Come on. No, I'm not I saying feel like it's semantics. No, no, I know not you particularly, yeah, but I, you I'm know it's semantics. He's better. Yeah. I think they should both have made it. Yeah, yeah I, I, I would be okay with that, but he's saying you can't right. have. I, I, I'm sorry, you you can't. We all have know. We all know how the Hall of Fame voting, voting is for each sport. It, it's a it's a it's a. And crook. that's me as a Patriots fan. This dude was I'll, incredible in the mid 2000s. Yeah, I'll say this: football is not nearly as uh, it's not as, as baseball as backstabbing as baseball. Yeah, guys are not in. Albert Bell hasn't done anything wrong, and he's not in because the writers don't like him. What, what is this, what is that? No, Kurt Schilling. Don't like the good. guy, so he's not in the in the Hall of Fame. That's not biased. Not, not biased whatsoever. Baseball to me is is the biggest sham out there. But another story. Yeah. But um, so we have our Hall of Fame class for twenty twenty four. Next season, we'll you know we have a couple of new members as well being induct uh, you know introduced to the ballot. Hopefully, Sean for us, maybe Eli Manning gets a ball, gets a. Uh, uh, I would love to see Eli. I don't know what will happen, but I would love maybe. to see Eli go. I don't. I don't know. I I do think as a fan, he's not even as a fan as 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 an independent football observer. He is he is a Hall of Fame uh, uh, eligible guy, uh, um, well, worthy type mind, of player. Keep in mind, Sean, he still no has the record for most passing yards in a postseason. <laughs> I still, just, that trick is still alive. It's still no. Alive. I agree. I I just don't know. I like I said. I think he's Hall of Fame worthy. I just don't know if he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. I will say he's. I would go out on a limb here and say he's definitely not first ballot Hall of Fame material. Uh, he's one sixteen and one sixteen as a career starter. You have to thank Ben McAdoo for saving his legacy and benching him. I realize it broke his Iron Man streak. But if he did not bench him, he would be 115 and 117 all time. Hey, 116 and 117 game. all time. You never know. They might have uh, won. They, they weren't winning anything. Uh, I don't know. You might. He might have won that game in San Diego. You never know. Wherever, they're, wherever they, I think they're playing the Raiders. They're playing the Raiders. I, I remember whatever. this. I remember Same that difference. game vividly. Uh, Geno Smith was. Yeah. I just didn't like, and I'm not saying that at the time that Davis Webb was going to be anything, but you knew. What Geno Smith was. You know what's a fun. You know what's why funny didn't you give the kid a chance? You know it's funny you mention that. I heard a story this week with Sean Payton where Davis Webb, if you don't know, is on the Broncos coaching staff, and they were actually asking Davis Webb if he wanted to rejoin the Giants when Daniel Jones got injured. So huh. they were trying to poach him away from Denver and try to get him I, back I, as a backup. I know he was a he was a big. I know Dayball was a big fan of his. He did. Um, he started a game last you know, season. He put, he, he, of the year prior. Well, well, he he only re- essentially really brought him down from Buffalo because he knew the playbook. He, you know, but uh, nah, here yeah, there. Funny, it was funny you mentioned that. That's, I I saw that story. I was like, wow. I, didn't I, I, I just I, I just at the time I I, I was mad. I, I I was mad that they benched Eli, but it was worse when you benched him for a guy who you already knew what he was. And he didn't bother to give yeah. the kid a chance. Hey, yeah. it turns you know? out Gino, Gino turned up, turned out all right. Maybe that was the game that instilled his confidence. Hey. On his journey. Hey, maybe. maybe, maybe you never know. You never know. You wrote him off. Remember that. Um, but I would be remiss now with the season ending. We all know, as I mentioned earlier, free agency is just about a, about a month away from as of this recording. So, 
We're going to be seeing a lot of news being broken down in the next couple of weeks. The NFL draft is also still a couple months away. But I'd be remiss in not bringing up some of the notable free agents we're going to see in this upcoming free agency class that are something to look for, something to monitor going into this upcoming free agency because that could change the trajectory of this entire NFL world and maybe could lead to some teams getting into the Super Bowl and making a long and maybe making a long run to potentially upend the Chiefs' chance of winning a third straight. I'll bring up the top ten free agents and you could feel free to, you know, say which one you think could make the biggest mark on this upcoming free agency and Maybe if you want, you could give a prediction. We'll save the we could save a prediction for later on. Save the predictions for later. Okay, on. We so can do we'll, that we'll, in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. So we'll do that. Yeah. We'll do that in a couple of weeks here on the show. But yeah. we'll let's we'll at least bring up one guy that we see in this top ten list of free agencies that that's coming up that you are looking forward to seeing what they will do and where they might go. So the top ten free agents according to thirty thirteen. This is where I'm going off of this list of. Chris Jones of the Kansas City Chiefs, I would imagine to think he probably goes back to Kansas City to try to get that three-peat. Um, we have Kirk yeah. Cousins, Josh Allen from the Jacksonville Jaguars, T. Higgins as of right now, but there is a rumor he might be getting franchise tagged by the Bengals, so we'll have to see if that happens. Christian Wilkins of the Miami Dolphins, uh, Justin Matabuke of the Baltimore Ravens, Jalen Johnson of the Chicago Bears, Brian Burns of the Carolina Panthers, LeJarrius Sneed of the Chiefs, and Antoine Winfield Jr. of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I'll give her honorable mention, Mike Evans from Tampa Bay, I think is another big one. We could see something happening in this offseason. But out of those guys, is there really one guy you're looking forward to seeing what they potentially might do in this offseason? And do you think there's one player in that list that could really change, you know, the landscape of this entire NFL season going to next year? Yes, I, I'm glad you brought up Captain Kirk Cousins here. Okay. He is an elite floor raiser. He's not a ceiling raiser, but he's a floor raiser as a, as a quarterback. The curse is still I alive. Feel like, yeah, the curse is still alive. Whatever team, if Kirk Cousins comes back to, let's say, 80% of form that he was last year, you're getting a quarterback that's going to be very accurate. He's going to be able to throw touchdowns. He's a great game manager. And I think he'll be a, the perfect stopgap quarterback for any of these teams not knowing what to do. Especially if they can't get a quarterback in the draft, absolutely. I think yeah. he'll be the perfect stopgap quarterback. So I'm I'm curious to see what Kirk, what Kirk Cousins will do and where he ends up. Yeah, I, I think it's kind of seeming like he might not be back in Minnesota this upcoming season. I think he wants to go back, but I'm not sure the Vikings want, are going to bring him back. They have a uh, decently I, high pick in the draft, and they could get a quarterback. Uh, I, I think you get, at, at this point in time, you have to move on from him because, I mean, I mean, you can run it back with him one more year, but if you're in position to make a move for one of these top guys, um, you got to go for it, you know, especially if you like the guy. This has been my thing the whole time when everybody talks about the Giants trading up and this. Yeah, that's all well and good, but are you trading up because you think you need the guy or are you trading up because you like him? If you're trading up because you like him, that's fine. If you're only trading up because it's that whole peer pressure, we think you need a quarterback thing, you shouldn't do it. I'll tell you what, I, this is why I love free agency in this entire offseason because there's so many what-if scenarios and what if they do this, what if they do that. I'm already picturing Kirk Cousins on a bunch of other teams right now, potentially where he could be going in this offseason. Kirk Cousins um, throwing to Marvin Harrison Jr. somewhere? 
Maybe New England. Maybe maybe New England. Yeah, maybe <laughs> maybe, maybe New England. Maybe. I think. Listen, I'm listen. Kirk I Cousins, think, uh, there is a strong I, possibility Kirk Cousins could be your new quarterback. I wouldn't mind that. I know you wouldn't. For a year or two, I wouldn't mind that. Listen, you, the only the it's going to be the Patriots are I think one of the most interesting teams because you could t- take a quarterback at three, or you could sign a guy like Kirk Cousins and or maybe even a Baker Mayfield and draft and draft Marvin Harrison at three. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. They're certainly the most interesting team, Washington. Keep in mind, could do the exact same thing. That'd be funny if Kirk went back. Kirk to Washington. Cousins going back to Washington. The, the yeah. franchise has <laughs> Yeah, that, that would be pretty yeah, funny. But Washington fun. could be in the same boat. They could be like, you know what? We have a lot of cap space. We could, we could just sign a quarterback. Why why even bother and just take a receiver at two? I doubt they do that. I, th- I think they go with quarterback no matter what. But yeah, you never know. He he is a guy. I said, if the Giants were in a different kind of position, I would love to see him on the Giants. But the Giants aren't in that kind of position where they could sign him. Uh, is there was there a player there, Sean, that you had in mind, or uh, there's a player I've had an eye on, and and it's a kid who I've had my eye on since he got drafted, and that's Antoine Winfield Jr. Mm-hmm. I know that very rarely does are you talking about a safety being a, a game changer, but. If he goes to a team, you know, and I'll bring up Kansas City. I know, I know they got a they got a stacked defensive backfield, but if you can add a kid like that, it elevates your defense even more than the defense is already elevated. You know, so he's he's a kid I'll be very interested to see where he goes. If he, he might stay in, in in Tampa Bay, but um, you, you know, if he wants to get paid, he's got to go. You know, yeah, Buccaneers are in a uh, are in a tough spot because they're gonna have to pay him. They've been you know linked to trying to bring back Baker Mayfield. They also still have to worry about Mike Evans because Mike Evans could be leaving them as well too. And he's had a long standard career and a storied career with that franchise. Yeah. And there's a strong possibility he might not be on the team next season. I think. Uh, go ahead. Yeah, no, I agree. No, I, I was gonna say I agree. I think for me, I think it's two players. I they're both pass rushers because we know pass rushing is big when it comes to winning championships. And we saw, you know, the Chiefs were able to do that with getting good pass rushers. The Niners had their pass rushers as well, giving the, them an opportunity to potentially win. Josh Allen and Brian Burns both being a potential free agent, yeah. Especially because I'm not sure what the issue, the uh, the standing point of Brian Burns is right now because we know the Panthers one point were trying to trade him, they didn't trade him now. They pretty much are in a situation where they might have to just – they might lose him for nothing. But Jacksonville doesn't seem like as if they're going to be able to sign back Josh Allen because of their cap space situation. And Carolina, they're probably not going to be able to break back Josh uh, Brian Burns because they pretty much pissed them off. So yeah. someone, some team could get a big-time pass rusher that – and these are two young guys. It's not like these are like old players. Josh Allen's 26. Brian Burns is 25. These guys are still in the prime of their careers, and you could get them yeah. for the next six, seven years to be your top edge rusher for your team. Absolutely. I mean, that could change a franchise right there and then. I would I look mean, at him like me- I hate to say it, Sean, but Washington might be a team to look out yeah. for and trying to get one of those yeah. guys considering they traded Chase Young in the offseason. I agree. The, the, these two guys, it kind of reminds me of when uh, – Reggie White was the first free agent from Philadelphia, and he went to Green Bay. He almost, like you just said, it almost immediately changed the whole land- landscape of the Green Bay Packers yeah, just by adding Reggie White. Yeah. 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 It, 
Listen, all starts within. I mean, your team right now that is drafting in you know, the top 10, and you could sign one of these guys a free agency and could eat instantly, instantly can become and, a, and, a, a contender next season, potentially. I agree. And, and, and signing a guy like that, you know, like I said, like with Reggie White before, or one of these two guys, it allows you to make one of those crazy moves in the draft where, all right, we've already filled the need. Now, now we can go get nuts. And, you know, if you're in striking distance, you could go and draft that quarterback, if you happen to want that guy, if you sign one of these pass rushers, it, it, it takes one of those players off the board that you need to draft. You could draft for depth depth later, but in the first round, you could jump up and make a huge move and draft one of these quarterbacks if that's what you want to do. Yeah, I mean, look what the Texans did last season. They jumped up to get Will Anderson after drafting Stroud number two, and they had the luxury of having that second first-round pick, obviously, yeah. but... They also did some moves in free agency, and they got a playoff win. And for the first half majority of that game against Baltimore, they were with the Ravens in that game. So yeah. you never know how you could change your offseason. You can go yeah. from picking in the top two, top three, number one overall, and you can go from that to becoming a playoff team the next season and making yourself notable in the NFL. And I think 100%. that's something to look for in this upcoming NFL draft because obviously the you know we're a couple months away from that. There's still a lot of storylines going on. What will – Chicago do with their first overall pick? Will they keep Justin Fields? Will they trade Justin Fields? Will they draft Caleb Williams? Will they trade down? What will Washington do at two? What will New England do at three? Um, well, what allegedly, will, what team will trade allegedly, up? I I did hear of a move made by the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steelers uh, they, cut, they cut they cut one they of their veteran backup quarterbacks. They did, and and apparently Mike Tomlin has. Uh, allegedly had a love affair with uh, a four Justin Fields. That would be an so, interesting fit. Uh, I, I don't think it, it wouldn't cost you a first round pick. It would probably cost you. A, no, I, think a, uh, I think no. I would say a high end second, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. You could get them almost. I don't want to say on the cheap, but you could get them for a little cheaper. But Chicago is also talking about wanting back a historic for, uh, uh, one return. Pick for that number one pick. So, you know, we'll see what happens. At least three first round picks. Yeah. And it's something that everybody keeps talking about because we're giants fans and his needs and all they should do it. Not if it's going to cost me three first round picks. I can't, you you can't pay that price. You have to be a team. If you're going to pay that price, you have to be a team that's in a least of a winning. Like you have an opportunity next season, maybe get something down the line and win. Right. The Steelers, I mean, listen, they made the playoffs last season. If they really wanted to make a move for Justin Fields, why not? But for trading your entire future for the next three years, I mean, that's where it gets tough because look what Washington did. I mean, they gave up that historic call to get RG3, and they never really recovered yeah. from that for a while. The, those are the, these are the moves that, that people talk about their, their career-setting moves. You're – this is either going to set you up for success for the rest of your career, or you're getting fired by making that kind look of trade. At the, look at the, I know you know this one the um the Herschel Walker trade with the Vikings and the Cowboys yeah. that set the Cowboys up for yeah. their dynasty in the nineties. Legendary, legendary trade. Yeah, legendary trade. And I, and I know once you know, we get a little bit close to the NFL draft, we'll be talking a little bit more about some of the storylines going into that draft. Last year, we obviously had that big breaking trade where Carolina moved up to number one to get Bryce Young. They made the trade with the Bears, and now the Bears, because of that, have the number one pick in this draft. They have to also have the ninth pick in the draft, so 
the Bears will have a very interesting offseason where they're going to have to decide a yeah. lot of things going on. They pretty much control this entire draft right now at this point in the season. They could it's pretty much a domino effect after what happens with them at number one, if they decide to stay there or if they decide to trade down. But Yeah, no, I agree 100%. Yeah, so we'll see. I know, Johnson, you're looking forward to it. You have the third overall pick. You have an Marvin Harrison Jr. Season. time. Maybe Marvin yeah, Harrison, maybe a quarterback. Who, I don't know. You have a new regime, so I'm not sure what the direction is with this team. And as a Giants fan, Sean, I think you and I are just looking to see what happens with the first three picks. Yeah, again, kind of like last year, although a little bit different position because we're not picking at the end of the draft. I need need another guy who could come in and make an impact. I wasn't – I'm not saying I was thrilled with Deontay Banks, but he came in and played better than I thought he would. He played pretty well, I would say. Yeah, he he, – I was scared because of the whole Eli Apple thing. Yeah, I'll admit, but uh, the kid, the, the kid surprised me. He played very well, and that's uh, Shane needs to do that again. He, whoever it is, I'm secretly hoping that it's Marvin Harrison Jr. falling to the Giants. I yeah, don't see it happening. I think it's either going to be the kid from Washington or the wide receiver from LSU. Yeah, um, it's going to be. Um, I think it's going to be one of those two guys um, that ultimately winds up with the Giants, but. Whoever it is, yeah. wide receiver, quarterback, offensive tackle, whatever it Joe may Alt. be, yeah. uh, it could be Joe Walt. Um, the kid needs to come in and make an immediate impact. Whatever position it is, the kid needs to make an impact. But, listen, that's what the, these teams of the offseason are going to have to do. They're going to have to try to make an immediate impact yeah. whether it comes to free agency or this upcoming draft. So, we saw the season might be over, but... This is pretty much to me the fun, the you know, the best part of the entire NFL calendar year when you get into this 100%. Point in the season. I just hundred percent. Your team, like your team, could win the Super Bowl, but I, even if my team won, I'm still more excited about the offseason just because of the potential of what can go down in an offseason because of all these oh, trades, all these free agency signings, and hundred percent draft just gets you know more, you know, unpredictable. These you know yeah. every single year. And I think this is probably the most unpredictable draft we've had in a while. Because I yeah, really don't I, have yeah, a, I, could say that. I really don't see other than whoever picking number one and number two. I know Walsh is going to say a two no matter what, but you know at least the top two picks are quarterback. After that, yeah, I have no idea what happens. Everything's very, yeah. very unpredictable, unpredictable with the draft. So I'm very uh, yeah. curious to see how it all unfolds. But any final to me? Go on, go on. To me, it's just. The offseason to me, it's essentially what I said to you a couple of weeks ago about the Houston Texans and um, I forgot what other team we were talking about. It's the ability to reshuffle and reload your team and come back next year and do it again. Yeah. That 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 to me is, you know, that's that's priority for me. These teams, even teams that didn't make the Super Bowl, now is your time to reshuffle and come back again and do it again. So we got an interesting next couple of weeks and months to see how it all goes down. But any final thoughts we have, guys, before we wrap up tonight's show? Uh, Patrick Mahomes is the new villain. <laughs> uh, I think, that's not even me just saying that. That's actually, I think, for the majority of football fans, he's no is, longer is he a, a fresh new he face. A, he is now the villain. Well, is he a bigger I, I don't know. villain he's, than uh, Kelsey bringing Taylor Swift into the NFL world? 
I, I, I still can't view Patrick Mahomes as a villain yet. You know, I, know it, why, I know why you're saying it, Johnson, and I get it, but I, I, I don't know if he's there yet. I think he's there. You think he's so? Not, the first, say, the first three years of Tom Brady's career, was he a villain? Yes, I never liked him. Oh come on! <laughs> it was a, it, Johnson. I never liked Johnson. I, I never liked Tom Brady. Fifteen-year-old Sean was beefing with Tom Brady. I didn't like him. I also happened to. I also happened to make one of the biggest faux pas in fantasy football history at age 15 and drop Tom Brady in the middle of that year well, that's uh, why. going into the Super Bowl. But yes. that's not why. I just – I just, I, I didn't like him. I don't know what it was about him that I didn't like. Is it because he went to Michigan? I, no, it wasn't even that he went to Michigan. I just – I didn't like him. I didn't like the – I don't like you coming out and getting – I know it wasn't his rookie year. When he took over for Drew Bledsoe, but I don't like that the, the, you're unproven and all of a sudden we're kissing your ass and giving you all kinds of accolades. Patrick no, Mahomes, man, that's that, that's no, trouble. but he didn't. That but was even really Patrick Mahomes. That was second not, year in the league, he won MVP. Come on, but that's but, but, but look at what he did the second year in, in the league. Uh, he threw for fifty touchdowns. You're right, and five thousand yards. That was his like, best season. Actually, well, no, he peaked again. He didn't peak his first. No, no, no. Pe- I think- no, you can't peak after your first season, Johnson. Uh, you certainly can. No, oh, you certainly can. can. No, you can't. Unless you're, no, unless you're, uh, you, know, you, you know, unless you're talking about Jamarcus Russell or someone like that. You can't peak after your first year. Listen, man. Listen, from a talking from a football, this purely passing the ball perspective, I think his first season was his best season. You could, his first season, I will take that play. to my grave. No, you know, first his year. first year as a starter. Right, he sat right. behind Alex Smith his first year. I know that. Uh, I, I just think I still can't view him as a villain yet. If he, I'll say this: if he, if they threepeat next year, he's a hundred percent a villain. Okay, I, I, I'm still hands t- down. He's the villain. I'm gonna stick with my theory that he wouldn't be as big a villain as Kelsey because the NFL fans are most NFL fans hate this. Uh, I'm not saying I do. I'm just saying most oh, NFL fans. Abs- I've hated no, it. I can't stand. I'm very glad that you did bring this up because I'm. I, I was actually excited that they kept the 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 Taylor Swift views during the game, if you will, to a, to an absolute minimum. Well, I will say you you bring that up, but I did see a TikTok today where someone did a shot every time Taylor Swift was brought up, and they went to the hospital. Well, so that I'm not sounds sure. about right. So I don't know. Sure. She was only shown like five times. Yeah, yeah but every he said every time he was brought up. So like in the yeah. broadcast booth. Oh, I don't yeah, count that. Oh, that's bullshit. I want to I'm talking about seeing her. Well, in it could, game it would have also been drinking the amount of times that like the amount of seconds that she wants. So like if she was on the screen, you drank until it was taken off. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And she was shown I, a lot I, in the post game. Keep in mind. I mean, then, then again, like different than a lot of people. Um, well, not different than a lot of people, but different than a lot of people of this generation. I grew up in a totally different generation of football. I'm watching football for the football. I don't care what happens around it. I mean, the Manning cast is probably my favorite uh, outside the box football thing that's happening. And that's about as wild as I get. But it's essentially two dudes breaking down film. 
Wait so till it's you get not really all that wild. Wait, wait till you get the coaches cast of Belichick and Saban this offseason. You're gonna go wild. I, 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 I will. I will love that. I would love that. that. Would be pretty fun. That remember, would, remember, oh man, I would love that. But I just, I just want football. I don't care about all this other stuff. I'm just, I'm there to watch football. I don't care about Taylor Swift. I don't care about Travis Kelsey. I don't care about his brother jumping around shirtless in Buffalo. I don't care about Mama Kelsey. Just give me the damn game and forget about all the rest of it. All right. I think that's a great way to end the show. <laughs> I think so too. Uh, but thanks again, Sean, for joining us once again. As any any time, happy to be here. We know you will be joining us in just a couple of weeks for the NFL draft. Maybe potentially our free agency preview as well. We'll have to see how what's coming on in the next couple of weeks. But yep, we know that uh, Mel Kiper 2.0 will be here for our second ever it's, uh, draft. I'm very excited. I have my hairpiece ready to go like him. This is, you know, this is my favorite time of the year. Okay. Yeah. Uh, any last comment, Johnson, before we wrap this one up? I know no you're going home. No comment? Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'll bring up one last comment. The Knicks were screwed last night, and I know it's a game. Yes, yes, yes. I, I just wanted to yes. bring it up because I'm still pissed off from last night. But that is going to do it for this week's edition of the All Gas No Break Sports Show. The Super Bowl has concluded. The Kansas City Chiefs are once again your Super Bowl champions. Three titles in five years. Back-to-back rings for them. Will they three-peat next season? We'll have to see. We have a free agency coming up in just about a month. And the NFL draft is just in a few months. And we all here on the All Gas No Break Sports Show cannot wait to see what happens in these next couple weeks with not only free agency, but with the NFL draft. This has been Nicholas Bavona, joined alongside by Andrew Johnson and Shaw Mulgan for this week with the All Gas No Break Sports Show. Have a great rest of your week.